Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Great movie right now, Summer of Soul, about uh, a cultural festival in Harlem in 1969 featuring some of the most prominent black artists in all of music. They made a film about it back in 1969. It has not been released until now. So that is out. It's in theaters. It's at uh, the Roxy. And so I'm going to definitely go see that this week sometime. But uh, very excited about it. Glass Night and the Pips uh, featured in that film, Summer of Soul. So that's why uh, that's what made me think of it. Welcome back. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, uh, fun first hour. Talked all about the changing landscape of Missoula. Our excitement for collegiate football to return at the Division One level. Mike Van Deest headed back to the Frontier Conference. Former Carroll College coach is now at Montana State Northern. Talk some Missoula Paddleheads baseball. We're going to talk some more baseball here in the second hour. And also talk some college football as well. You can find all of that stuff on the podcast. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Five stars preferred. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. Piece of news from in-state. The in-state recruiting battle continues to rage on. And Montana has three in the boat from in-state recruits in terms of verbal commitments after the most recent commitment of Tyson Rostad. Tyson Rostad, a standout at Hamilton High School, uh, a two-way player there for the Bronx, the younger brother of Carson Rostad. Carson Rostad, a quarterback for the University of Montana. Actually heard he might be playing defense. Can't confirm that yet. We'll confirm that as soon as fall camp starts. Uh, But if he is playing defense, he's a good-sized kid that was a great player uh, on both sides of the ball uh, during his time at Hamilton. 
Uh, but either way, Tyson Rostad committed today uh, to the University of Montana, actually about an hour ago. He said, I'm excited to announce that I've committed to Montana Grizz FB to further my academic and athletic career. Thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank my family, coaches, teammates, and friends for helping me get to this point. Go Grizz. Uh, Rostad, not uh, Tyson Rostad, not nearly as big as his older brother, uh, but he was an all-state safety and an all-state wideout uh, during his career uh, thus far. He's also then been playing quarterback more recently, and so he uh, will likely then be the quarterback for the Bronx again this fall. So uh, congratulations to Tyson Rostad, but that is three in-state recruits uh, so far for Montana. Bobby Houck and the Grizzlies. Uh, Marcus Evans from Helena High led the way, and then Caden Hewitt, quarterback also of Helena High. Uh, he is also committed as of, uh, I guess, last week, and now Tyson Rostad. I know you don't get into the recruiting as much as I do, but I think that there's a certain element of these early commits in Montana building momentum within a recruiting class, especially now because all these kids talk to each other so much. And when you get a big, strong quarterback like Hewitt, especially when Montana State now, the number one selling point they have in recruiting for uh Offensive skill players is Brett Vegan and his ability to develop quarterbacks. Well, when the big, strong quarterback from N State goes to the Grizz instead of choosing Montana State, I think that that's a telling sign uh, just in terms of the actual recruitment. I know Hewitt had a lot of ties to to Missoula, so um, not that surprising that uh, Hewitt did pick the Grizzlies. But I do think that having a guy like Hewitt and a guy like Rostad early, it gives at least a little bit of momentum to Montana in the N State recruiting battle. Well, I get into it. the The part where I don't is just when a lot of fans just start like, you know, hyping things up and being like, "Oh, wow, sure, this guy's sure. going to be this, and this guy's going to sure. be that." Because if you go back into the recruiting classes, and this is something that you and I have talked about, yep, diving into and maybe making like a a bigger project, is going through each recruiting class and then grading it, you know, yep. five years later, because so many of the guys that are like the heralded guys yep. end up not being any good and the walk-ons yep. end up being the best, you know? Yep. And so it's, that's well, why it's, at this level, it's all about how you develop, man. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, I don't, I, I just don't get super into the, like trying to grade or analyze or who's winning the recruiting battle, that kind of stuff, because you just, at the end of the day, you just don't know. But like you said, I mean, especially at the quarterback position, locking in a guy like Caden Hewitt, who's, you know, by far the best quarterback prospect in the state yeah. as of right now. For sure. And by his, you know, rating and all the, you know, yeah. systems that do that kind of thing. Yeah. Locking in a guy like that early, I mean, it, it is a big deal. Have you seen Hewitt live? <laughs> For about half a quarter. And they got um, knocked out. And Sentinel knocked him out of the yeah. game. Um, Charlie Kurgan got him on a blitz, and uh, it was a tough hit. I think he went, heard he went to the hospital afterwards. Speaking of like, Kurgan, somebody's got to recruit this kid. He's getting NAI hours, but I know he's not very tall. But I just he's think big he's, and fast. He's yeah, big, like, fast. He's a great athlete. He's an awesome yeah. baseball player. He's got the mentality. I just, I don't know. I just think no. he would fit uh, either Montana or Montana. Yeah, I so said that well. two years ago when he when I when he was playing as a sophomore. I was like, this kid's good. Like. If nothing else, like he would just be like an, uh, a stud special teams guy. For like sure. We were mentioning, you know, like imagine like a any time a guy that can is especially once he goes to college, if you can get a guy up to like two forty that can run, just have him run down some kicks on kickoff, you know. Um, so uh, where are we at? Oh, Hewitt, though. Like, yeah, I think you know, getting a guy like that, and uh, and like you said, it was funny because one time I was, you know, at. Uh, it was a pregame. I'm down on the field before a Grizz game, 
and they always bring all of the recruits down onto the field, right. like before the game, and they're out there watching warm-ups and stuff like that, and Coach Howe comes over, and he's talking to a bunch of the guys who already committed that are all down there, and then there were some that hadn't committed, and he goes in there, and I'm just you know next to him, and he's just like, He's like, yep, you guys need to go all go over there, talk to the guy, like convince him to come, like that kind of stuff, because like that is one of the biggest recruiting tools out yep. of all of them. It's like yep. when you get all the guys that are already committed and you get all of them being like, this is kind of not the right phrasing because you kind of think of this in a negative tone, but they almost like can peer pressure their, yes. their buddies into like, or, you know, you convince them, like, hey, dude, we're all going to do this together. Like, we're friends. Like, it'd be, it's going to be such a great time. Like, blah, 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 you know, like, and so the coaches definitely use the class that they already have secured in order to get more. And, oh, yeah. And so when you can lock in a Hewitt and then, okay, you're looking for next, like, the best wide receiver in the state, you're like, and, and you're like, well, we already got the best quarterback that's going to be thrown to you for the next three years. Totally. So, like, you got to come with him so then you guys can be buddies and, and do amazing things. And for sure. Sky's the limit if you can pair up with him and blah, blah, blah. So it does create momentum for sure. Sam Alford, who's a commitment to Montana, he's the one out-of-state commit to the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies have four total commitments so far. Uh, the one out-of-state guy is Sam Alford, the younger brother of Eli Alford, who's currently a D-tackle for the Grizzlies. Uh, Sam Alford, a three-star wide receiver out of Park City, Utah. But he came on the show last week, and then Hewitt committed the next day. And I was texting with Sam because I was sending him the podcast so he could show his mom and stuff of the interview that he did. And he was like, yeah, I hit up uh, that new quarterback. He said, I heard that guy on your show, and then I hit him up on Twitter. The world's just so small now. Yeah. But there you go. I mean, that's the receiver hitting up the quarterback already. So these guys are getting to know each other even though they don't even live in the, uh, the same state. So I, I do agree. Uh, these early commitments can build some momentum uh, in the recruiting game. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. We do this each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour. Most of the time, a long-form interview. Today, we're just going to give you some analysis about a variety of different things. ESPN Roundtable is proudly presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls is one of the only places in town where you can get breakfast, lunch, dinner. They have two different happy hours, uh, four days a week. They also have a great casino, Sports Bet Montana machine uh, in there so you can go place your sporting bets and then watch all the sports. So if you need somewhere to watch the NBA Finals or the British Open or, or whatever it might be, head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. First and foremost, Big Sky State games open up this weekend uh, in Billings. Big Sky State games is sort of a an amateur display of, of a variety of different events. There's a lot of different uh, traditional track stuff, but there's also a lot of different other kinds of types of competition well, one of the highlights of the Big Sky State games every year is the Montana Mile. At the high school and college track and field uh, just levels, they rarely run the mile. The, the mile is an indoor event during college track. And so it, it, during outdoor track, you're running the 1,500 meters, which is not quite a mile. It's not quite the 1,600 meters that you need for a mile. So I'll always love the Montana Mile. And as we know... Distance running is big time in Montana. There's a ton of premier distance runners. So the distance runners that are participating in the Montana Mile this year on the men's side, Ace Ackerman from Glendive, Carson Jessup from Pinesdale, Carson Steckelberg from Bozeman, Coulter Kirkland from Hamilton, who's a, an outstanding runner. He is He's in high school still. And he has uh, been scoring a lot of points across the board uh, for the Bronx in both cross country and track and field. Daniel Comanero from Manhattan, Duncan Hamilton from Bozeman, Duncan Hamilton, an All-American uh, at Montana State currently. Iggy Fitzgerald from here in Missoula, Missoula Hellgate. Um, 
Levi Taylor from Laurel, Logan Strauss from Billings, Owen Smith from Billings, from Billings as well, Robert Peterson, a great runner out of MSU Billings, uh, who has not run this race in five years, but once he is a two-time champion in this race. So he's won the Montana Mile twice, hasn't run it in a couple years, so he's back in the saddle. Samuel Smith from Ritchie, Tanner Klumpf from right here in Missoula, Missoula Sentinel product, and uh, William Mortensen as well, a Missoula Sentinel product. So a lot of great runners on the men's side in the Montana Mile. On the women's side, Amanda Peterson from Billings, Becca Rickman from Butte, Carly Ryan from Helena, Emma Nelson from Missoula, Emma Stolte from Townsend, Grace Tim from Laurel, Kaylee Stoppel from Billings, Lindsey Paulson from Belt, Mary Felig from Broadus, Meli Stevens from Lodgegrass, Odessa Zentz, the great runner from Helena High, uh, Sydney Little Light from Harden, she's the defending champion, and Tiana Vladek from Billings. So a lot of prestigious runners for the women's uh, Montana Mile as well. Some of the marks that have been thrown down in this thing in the past are impressive, man. Like the women's record in this is like 453. That's a smoking. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I actually ran a timed mile today. I was going to ask you, that was what this whole segment was yeah. going to be about, was what could you run the mile and what could you do <sighs> in it? What did you run it in? So I, I ran a timed mile today. Second, Only the second time in like, you know, the last like probably five, ten years that I've timed myself you running run, a mile. You've run a lot of marathon stuff though. Yeah, but I haven't really like run like a time Actual mile, mile where mile. you're trying to run fast. So I did one last week and then I did one today and I felt like I was going pretty fast and was pretty happy with myself. I did it in 617. That's a really good. Yeah, and at 215, 213 pounds. Yeah. So I was but like... 617, you have to pretty much sprint would, the whole time. Yeah, right? like I felt like I was running like pretty, like pretty fast. Pretty much as hard as you could. Yeah, yeah, like I was running pretty fast. And then like, I can't imagine, like how do you beat that by like a minute and a half? Like that's Well, some of it is just pure physics and body structure. Well, still, but like... You're you're That's definitely still crazy, you have to though. be among the faster guys that are over six foot two and over two hundred and ten pounds that can run the mile, right? You know, I mean, yeah. like Duncan Hamilton is yeah, there are, I mean, know, he's a specimen. One, he's a yeah. specimen in in our distance runner, yeah, yeah. but he's one hundred and thirty pounds probably. No, I was, hey, I was proud of myself. So I was. No, that's, I'll take it, no, yeah. that's smoking. I remember we had a when I worked in the, when I worked at the Ridge Athletic Club in Bozeman, we used to have staff fitness challenges, and uh, you know, it was it would be like run the mile, do some push-ups and pull-ups and stuff, and then work out for six weeks and then see yeah, yeah. if you do it at the end. And I am I am not built for distance <laughs> at all. I am not a, a jogger. I could, I'll, I'll sprint up and down the basketball court all day. I'll hike to the top of the mountain. I am not a jogger. Not built for it. Not my thing. But I remember I used to just go out and just, I would go to the indoor track at Montana State and just sprint and then just die. Yeah. And I remember getting in like the mid-7s and I same thing. I felt like I was seriously running as fast as I could the whole time and just trying to not throw up. So uh, impressive. The We'll keep you apprised. The Montana Mile, by the way, in Billings, 7.45 uh, p.m. on Friday night to get the Big would, Sky State Games kicked off. Would you participate in the Big Sky State Games if they were like in Missoula? Because there's like, I know like, I know like, I have like, you know, family or friends on Facebook and stuff that are just like regular people, you know, that like compete in like basketball and golf and things like that. Like they're not even that good. They just like do it to like compete. Sure. In yeah. It. I mean, if there was, and I, I was, I was kind of wondering cause I haven't actually, I've never been there. I don't really know like what, what it's like, but I'd be like, I don't know. It might be kind of fun to just be like, Hey, let's just play around the golf and see how I do. You know, sports offered that I would, that I would consider participating in flag football. Certainly. Arm wrestling, give me all of that. Basketball, sure. Billiards, bowling, okay. Fall, yeah. There's some, there's some stuff on here that I think would be good. I'm definitely not gonna go run the Montana Mile. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Golf would be fun. Golf, tennis, yeah. So there's a lot of different stuff. You know who is? 
who's kind of sneaky, had some dominant performances at the Big Sky State games in his or in recent years. Our a good friend Ryan Tutel's father. He is a, uh, a dominant. He's like a senior. Yeah, he's in the senior circuit. category, yeah. and, and uh, he's he's been winning some golds, uh, dominating. See, I would track. love if there was like a uh, like a decath like a decathlon involved with like the 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 sports with like balls. You know, sure. like, like if you had to do like you had to compete in like golf, basketball, football, golf, like all of those, and you like kind of added it all up. Like I feel like I'd do pretty good in that, but not like necessarily any singular one. Stand out, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Big Sky State Games is fun, though. It's great that uh, amateurs and people around the state of Montana can participate in it, and uh, we'll keep you up to date for some of these things. But the, the most prestigious event is the Montana Mile because you have some of the best runners in the state from all levels, both um, current high school kids, current college athletes, and also uh, former athletes in those spectrums that are still competing at a very high level. ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanas Now, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Need a place to watch the NBA Finals? We're about to get you all prepped for it right here. But Paradise Falls is a great place to watch the NBA Finals. 7 p.m. tip tonight between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Suns lead this series 2-1, but the Bucks had a big win on Sunday to at least sort of swing the momentum back in their favor a little bit, and so then can they carry it tonight? So first, Sean, uh, we haven't actually talked much about the NBA Finals uh, because I think there was only one game in the books the last time you were here uh, with us. So mm-hmm. just your impression of the series so far. Uh, I thought the uh, the first two games sort of went as expected with Phoenix taking care of business at home. But Milwaukee had the, the response they needed on Sunday. And so uh, what are your thoughts just about this game tonight and just the NBA Finals as, as they've been so far? I think we're going to have our first, like, good game. <laughs> All the games have been kind of blowouts. You know, totally. like we haven't had a... Uh, uh, one going down to the wire or anything like that yet, and I think tonight is going to be the night. Because um, obviously, you know, Phoenix did what you know played well at home. Giannis was just coming back from the injury, took advantage of that. Milwaukee's like really, really good at home, and I mean, of course, whenever whenever the the home team wins the first two, and you go back to Milwaukee, especially when the, these teams are like you know decently um, even, you know, especially with a healthy Giannis. Whenever a team is down too well when they're going home, like they're going to play with such desperation. Like it's just, and you can't, no matter how much Phoenix is going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, treat this game like it's an elimination game ourselves. Like that's just not how human nature works. Sure. Especially in the NBA and an NBA in series. Like we, we've just look back at all the series that we've had so far this year. Like the Clippers look like they were dead twice. Like, Speaking of the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's surgery on his ACL today. We predicted that here on Nuanas Now, and uh, it was, in fact, true. So Kawhi Leonard, uh, long road back for recovery. And and you just watch, you know, like one team will get, you know, blown out, and then the other team blows the other team out the next game. You saw it a lot of times, like, in that the Hawks-Philly series. It was just like, you watch one game, and you're like, wow, this team is, like, way better than the other team. And then the next game is, like, the complete opposite. Sure. You're like, how does this happen, you know? And so um, I think, though, that after having, you know, Phoenix being, you know, in control the first two games. Milwaukee winning easily in game three. I, I think this is the game. I think this is just going to be the the most competitive, highly intense game because this is a completely new series if Milwaukee can can win this one. And even at 2-2. But Phoenix knows, dude, if they can steal this one and close it out at home in game five, like that's why I think this is the most important game of the series. 
And so I, I think I expect it to be a good one. And I'm also fascinated just to see how Phoenix chooses to guard Giannis because, I mean, back-to-back 40-point games, he's he, he actually hit his free throws last game. And so I'm curious to see if their their focus is we can't let Giannis beat us and we're going to live with some, some you know, Pat Connaughton and some of those guys maybe hitting, you know, shooting open threes. Or if they're just going to, you know, keep letting Giannis do his thing and just hope that they, because Phoenix was, you know, shot terribly in game three. Um, probably not going to happen again. Besides Crowder, nobody could hit anything. And so um, I'm just very curious to see how they, one, defend Giannis. And then also, like, this is where I'm curious to see certain guys having bounce back games. Like Devin Booker was non-existent in game three, you know, and then they didn't even play him in the fourth quarter and just sat him. Uh, the real superstars will bounce back from performances like that in the finals. Like if Devin Booker is a real superstar and a guy that we're going to anoint as this upper echelon player, then he's going to have a bounce back game tonight. Yep. If he doesn't, then he's probably just that kind of that second tier guy or he's just who, not ready yet. who can get hot when, when he's, when he's on, yep. but isn't like a dude, you know? And so I, I said that on the show earlier this week. Yeah. He has been rolling the whole playoffs. He hasn't had to fight through it. Now he has to fight through it. Yeah. So can he do it? It's a great point because he he has to prove that he can. If you if you can only play well when things are rolling and going your way, you're right. You're not a, you're not a superstar yet. He needs to prove that he is that upper echelon guy. I totally agree. And Milwaukee kind of changed up defensively after the first game. Like they like Drew Holiday didn't really have kind of the assignment on Chris Paul, and they kind of had him on Booker. And then they were like, all right, enough of this. We're going to, you know, Drew Holiday's been kind of like picking Chris Paul up half court. And a lot of times, like, Paul's not even, you know, bringing the ball up. And he's been kind of playing off ball a little bit because Drew Holiday, I mean, he's such a good defender that they're just, like, making it as hard as they can on Chris Paul. Um, so that's kind of another interesting thing. And then I, I think the Suns realized, like, Aiton got in foul trouble. And they kind of pulled him and they went small. And I think that was almost like an experiment of, like, hey, can we go small against Milwaukee here, and, and I, the answer was no. And so I, I think even if Aiton gets in foul trouble, they're probably going to play him extended minutes. They have to. With Saric out, they have to. With Daniel Saric out, that it's so funny because Saric is like a very irrelevant player in the series, but he's not. That Without him, they have no backup yeah, for Aiton. Yeah, so like they can't spell you know five minutes here and there. You know, So Aiton... It, it's kind of weird to say, but like Aiton's kind of like the most important player on the Suns right now. That was my question in this for series. You. So, you Sean, know? Sean Rainey joining me, Colter Nuanas here. It's Nuanas now. That's my question: is who's the X factor for the Suns? I and then I think who's the X factor for the Bucks? Because and I you, think it's Aiton. Yeah, because because the, the Suns can win if Chris Paul doesn't have a great game, or if then Devin Booker shoots poorly, yeah, they can because, still win. Because Chris Paul or Devin Booker, you just need one of them to have a, a, a great game, and then they have good enough role players in Crowder and Bridges and Cam Johnson. That if those guys all play well, they're fine. I think if Aiton plays plays bad, I don't know if they can win. You know, they they need Aiton more than anybody. I almost think it's kind of weird to say. It's not weird to say, yeah. not at all. I mean, it feels weird to say. With, you with know, the, like, with the way that the Bucks operate, you have to have somebody. Chris Paul is still a very savvy defender. Uh, he's good, but not great on ball defender. But he's a great help player because he's he's a great help defender. He's great within a, a defensive scheme because he's so smart. Did you see so Scott Foster ref game Scott three? Scott Foster. Did you have you seen this? Have uh, you seen the numbers? I mean Scott Foster, 
You don't believe in conspiracy theories, but there's a whole podcast about Scott Foster screwing up the NBA playoffs for the last 20 freaking years. But anyways, no, I haven't seen it, but I'm not going to be surprised by it at all. Okay, so let me let me bring this up here. So I, I, I don't want to say the wrong numbers here. Um, so <laughs> Chris Paul has lost 12 straight playoff games in which Scott Foster has officiated. I mean, come on. The one man. game, the one game that the Suns won was uh, uh the, this year was the alley-oop game to Aiton, but Chris Paul didn't play in that game. Right. So in the last 12 games, playoff games that Chris Paul and Scott Foster have been on the floor together, Chris Paul has not won a single game. Like that is that is not a coincidence. No. And and they have like it's an just open like, It's just like when the Sacramento Kings had the Los Angeles Lakers on the ropes 20 years ago and Kobe and Shaq were going for their second of what, of what became three straight titles. The Kings were the best team in the NBA. Kings had the best record in the NBA. The Kings were up 2 to 1 on that series and what happened? The NBA made sure that Scott Foster, Joey Crawford, and Dick Bavetta refed the next three games and made sure the Lakers got 40-plus foul calls in the fourth quarter, two games in a row, to make sure the Lakers were in the finals. It's not a coincidence. And then now, I think it almost, it's gotten to the point now where it's like a known thing, so it it even just like, I mean, I've, I don't, obviously at a much lower level, you know, but even like in a City League game, if, if I see a ref that I know that like, I don't get along with or have had issues with. Oh, man. You lose confidence in... For sure. In getting calls and maybe how the game might go. Oh, I remember that all the way yeah. back in high school. And I remember I remember uh, Steve Weston used to be the football coach down in Hamilton forever and ever and ever. He was also a great ref in basketball. But you knew Steve's a football coach. So I knew I was good when Steve Weston's ref yeah. in my games because he's, he's he likes physical play. He's going to let you front in the post. But then I also knew the other guys that were not into yeah. that. I was like, okay, I'm fouling out this game. I know I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Growing up outside of San Diego at a small school, we uh, there was a private school, Vincent Memorial, that was in our division. Their school was like literally on the border of Mexico. Uh-huh. And it was like a, a rich private school. So it would be a lot of the well, you know, well-off um, families that lived in Mexico would send their kids across the border mm-hmm. to go to the school. And pretty much it was, you know, 90%, you know, uh, Mexican. And the refs were all Mexican, and everybody in the gym except for us, when we'd go play away there, they all spoke Spanish. And we knew that when we went there, we're probably not going to get a lot of calls. And so, and that's just like in your head as you walk onto the court. And I think that's what's happening here with the Suns now. Is like right when they see Scott Foster as an official, which also like how does the NBA even assign him then? I don't understand. I I don't know, especially in this circumstance because. In previous circumstances, it would make sense from a business and marketing perspective why the NBA would want some of the teams that Chris Paul's played for to not advance because these storylines are better. But in this specific want, finals, and you want no controversy though, especially for with sure. the, the, the you know the Tim Donahue stuff. Like you don't want any shenanigans the in the bo- finals. Like why would you even assign it? I don't understand. The podcast is called Whistleblower. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going if down. You the be the, hole. If you want to go full, fully uh, depressed about the NBA, uh, the thesis of the podcast is basically that the NBA is more like the WWF than any other sport, and that the NBA has, for 40 years, crafted the top storylines that they want. They've made Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and LeBron James into the superstars that they are. Um, in a lot of ways, by manipulating the officiating, so. I don't know. I, I, I totally uh, 
see why you wouldn't want to go down that road. It is an enjoyable thing. I like just watching the NBA Finals, but you're right. Uh, it is sort of outrageous. Okay, so Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Uh, Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's the ESPN Roundtable, breaking down all things NBA Finals. Need a place to watch the NBA Finals? Head on down to Paradise Falls in Missoula. Who you got tonight? I got the Bucks. But I have, a, I have one more question for you. Who's the X Factor for the Bucks? Drew Holiday. You think so? I think so. I think Giannis is going to do his thing. I think he's you know, He's going to score you know, 30 to 40, I think. Yep. If he makes his free throws too, I think that's huge. Um, you know, and I, I think the X factor for the Bucks is Brooke Lopez. Yeah, only because if he could, Giannis is going to draw two or three fouls on Aiden because Giannis gets downhill. Aiden's going to slide over to try to protect the rim, help his teammates out. But if Lopez could get a cheap foul or two on Aiden, then all of a sudden he's in foul trouble. See, I think it's Drew Holiday, and it's in the way, especially the way he like shoots the ball because he's so. There, there are times where you're watching a Drew Holiday game and you're like, this is one of the best two-way players in the NBA. And then there's right. and then there's times you're watching and you're like, this is just a regular average guy. And when he's when he plays really well, I mean, he's the different... Like, yes, there were a bunch of injuries this year in the playoffs and stuff, but this Bucks team is different this year because of Drew Holiday. Like, they never had that other that other guy. Like, it was just Giannis and... and uh, like, Drew Bledsoe at, at point guard was just... Horrible for this team, and Drew Holiday has has been the difference maker, and why this Bucks team is different than the ones of years past. And so, I would say, uh, I would say Drew Holiday. I think it's gonna be a good game. I I kind of like the Suns with the with given five points. If, if you were to ask me as far as that goes, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won. But I think this is a close game, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns took it. And so, um, I kind of like five points there. The line is anywhere between four and a half and five points. You want to lay down a bet, you can at Paradise Falls, the proud presenter of the ESPN Roundtable. Go have yourself some fun at Paradise Falls. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's prime rib night. They also got the NBA Finals on. They got the Sports Bet Montana machine. They got everything you ever wanted. So head on down to Paradise Falls tonight or any night. Open for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Located on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula is coolest hotspot. Olympics, NFL, British Open. Everything in between. Keep it right here. Nuana's now. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas now. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport online, nwmsrocks.com, nwmsrocks.com. Oftentimes, around here, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, by the way, co-hosting with me, Colter Nuanas, today. Oftentimes around here, when uh, there's a big piece of news, particularly if it's inflammatory or controversial news, we steer clear of it or uh, or really talk about it with caution. If it's local and it's something that I 
actually have insight in, I can get sources from, I can get real information, then it's a little bit more fair to talk about it. The news of today in the sports world is Richard Sherman being arrested. We're not talking about that on this show because I think there's a lot to this story. More things have started to come out, so we're not trying to ignore the news or the controversy surrounding any of this. I know he is a very famous and well-known character, especially in this part of the world. Uh, We have carried Seattle Seahawks games for the last handful of seasons here at ESPN Missoula, so people know Richard Sherman from his time with the Hawks. But uh, this is blowing up social media. This is blowing up Twitter. I think that there's a lot of folds to it, and uh, we're just going to let this thing play out before we really talk or give analysis about it because sometimes I just think it's unfair, man. Like, we just haven't... Deshaun Watson's story has dominated this offseason, too. I'm just, I'm not comfortable going down that road because I just think giving hot takes about this sort of stuff without knowing all the information, it's, uh, first of all, I think it's just unfair. Like, a lot of the way, I understand this is a big deal and this is a story that needs to be reported, but pretty much all the reporting I've been following having to do with this story seems inflammatory at the least and irresponsible at the best. So, I I don't know. So, I guess what I'm saying is we're not really trying to dodge this. It's just... uh, I'm going to let more information come out about this before we sit here and talk about it. Yeah, I think the only the thing that like I would just I asked you like during commercial break was just because like a nine one one call was released and mm-hmm. things like that, and there there are stations that you know fully ran the nine one one call, and, right. it, and there there were some disturbing things that were said on that nine one one call, and I asked you, I was like, should you be doing that? You know, and I, I, I've learned like on here, I guess, you know, 911 calls are public record and stuff. They but are. It, it felt, it almost felt kind of like wrong listening to it, you know. No question. And so, I, like, that was just kind of a, a little, like, a question that I didn't, I don't know the answer to, you know, it just, but it felt weird. Cause, it, like you said, it's, like, it's so soon, you yes, know? Right. Like, this happened, like, the, this just happened. And now we're, like, the whole, and now we're all listening, like, everyone's listening to this 911 call and stuff. It just feels like something that maybe should have, like would come up later on, like you know, like through court evidence or whatever. As this, as more of the story comes out, but it's uh, overall, you know, obviously it's uh, when these things happen, it's you're kind of curious on what's going on, and then sometimes it turns a little bit sad, and I think that's kind of the case here. There's always more of the story. I think that the thing that frustrates me the most um, is the fact that the the law. In the United States of America, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. And oftentimes, particularly in the sporting world, we convict people in the court of public opinion uh, much more swiftly with uh, and a lot more unfairly. And I think that in itself is uh, it's a referendum on us as a society. I think that we should be careful when we do that. And I'm not trying to justify anything of Richard Sherman's. I'm not even talking about that case specifically. I just think that convicting people in the court of public opinion based on a headline or something you read on Twitter is irresponsible, and I think it's unfair. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. We're going to talk about more happy things here on Nuanas. Now, speaking of something uh, controversial, though, I do want to ask you about this, Sean. Shakari Richardson started taking the track and field world by storm because of her uh, just brash personality, very uh, confident young lady, very, some would say cocky, but in a, in a very entertaining way. Her look with the, le- the long nails and the hair and... She just looked like she was this the next rising star. I mean, just 21 years old, running 100-meter times that would be competitive in most levels of track against men. Uh, she, she is unbelievably fast and seemed like she was going to be potentially one of the breakout women's stars of this upcoming Olympics. Well, then she tested positive 
for marijuana. And that gave her a 30-day suspension, which then in turn meant she will not compete in the 100 meters in the Olympics. Well, she was then also left off the Olympic team. She could have made the Olympic team as somebody uh, that participated in the sprint relay, but Team USA chose to not select her. So Shakira Richardson, the top 100-meter runner in the world, will not participate in the Olympics. Have you tracked this story much? And if so, what do you think? Um, I haven't dove into it exactly. Um, it seems to me that the majority of people of like talking heads that are on TV, people on Twitter, um, think that it's, you know, pretty silly that in 2021 testing positive for marijuana disqualifies you for such event. Um, I, I, I don't really know what, you know, whether it is or not what I, I, I find it hard though. What I find hard is like kind of going back to like the, you know, the Reggie Bush thing. Like when we're talking about like he wants his Heisman back or like Terrell Pryor wants things back, like whether or not it's a dumb rule is one thing, but like it is still a rule, you know, like it's still, here, here, I, I, isn't I, I, it in, like, isn't it still a, it's still a rule. It's a rule, right? Here's here's where I'm at with this. I'm not certainly, I'm I'm not going to give you my personal opinion about <laughs> marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's for a different time and show. It's not where we're about here. But a drug test out, coming out of the Olympic trials is not a drug test. It's a stupidity test. It's a dedication test. It's not. There's a lot of drug tests that are administered in, in both professional and amateur sports that are random. Like in the NFL, they do show up to your house sometimes and say, hey, this cup, we need a sample. You know, we're, we're testing you right now. It's a random test. But you know exactly when the drug test is, when you're about to go to the Olympics. Therefore, if you're about to go to the Olympics, just whatever, whatever your usage of any sort of drug is, for what better or worse, whatever, you just can't do it. It's just like the guys that fail drug tests. At the NFL Combine, it's not about using drugs. It's about basically not respecting the rule. You know when the test is going to be, so if you fail the test, that is on you. It's, it's, it's stupidity more than anything else. So I find it unfortunate because I was really rooting for this girl. I thought that uh, she was going to be a fun story to watch. I also thought that Team USA sort of erred in not putting her on the relay team because I do think she's punished enough by not getting to run the individual but I do think she still deserved to at least go to the Olympics. I think that that's just good for the sport as a whole. But then maybe you're setting a bad precedent. I don't know. I just think that more than anything, though, some missed opportunity from a marketing perspective because I just think that she was so marketable. I think that yeah. she would have been a big star. I also don't... I'm just trying to wrap my head, and you know, I'm not in those shoes, so I have no idea. Right. But especially with the Olympics, when it happens once every four years. Exactly. Like, I feel like I would not do anything to put myself in jeopardy of being disqualified for something that you work so hard for that only comes around a couple times in your life. And, and sometimes maybe just sometimes once, once. but yes. I mean, she's young enough where she's she'll be able enough. to compete in two, maybe three, maybe, but probably two yeah. like at her peak. And so you, you just lost like half of all your chances to get Olympic gold medals, which many people say is the best thing that you could possibly do in all of sport. And so I, I just feel like I would, uh, you know, make sure that I'm doing everything I can to be eligible for that, you know? So and I, we don't know 
the exact situation or the circumstances, but it's uh it's hard it's it's kind of hard for me to you know immediately like feel sorry for her. No question. Nuana's now Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuana's in studio. It's one oh two nine. ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. We're talk a little about the British Open, which gets underway tomorrow, the Open Championship, as it's officially called. So keep it right here. Some golf action on ESPN Radio. Montana, happy Wednesday. Coulter Duanas, ESPN Radio. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television in studio with me. We're also on SWX Montana around the great state of Montana. Missed anything the show today? We covered a lot of ground. Mike Van Deest back in the Frontier Conference, former Carroll College head coach, now the defensive coordinator for the Montana State Northern Lights. Bennett Hotzdetler, former Bozeman Buck, drafted by the Miami Marlins. Montana State, not having a special teams coordinator, is it as weird as it seems? Missoula Paddleheads, I'm going to the game tonight. Very much looking forward to that. Had our ESPN roundtable, a little talk about the Montana Mile and the NBA Finals, and we talked a little Shikari Richardson and slight little um, tidbit about Richard Sherman, but not, not much about that yet because we're going to let that one play out before we give you any analysis, if we do at all, about the situation with Richard Sherman. Find all the stuff from today's show in the podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. British Open, the Open Championship, the last major of the summer. That's right, right? They reordered them oh, now, yeah. right? So this yeah, is the last major of the summer. Last major for like nine months. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. What do you think? So first of all, let's start there. What do you think of the reordering of this? Because I kind of liked when there was a, a couple majors like in the second half of the summer. This is like the height of summer. Now major golf, championship golf is going to be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was a little weird. I mean, obviously, like, the the Masters in the fall was very uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. It was fine. I, I, I don't really, like, associate it with certain times besides the Masters as much as, like, like, it's more weird that the NBA Finals are going on right now. Right. To me. Right. Than, than having, like, the majors moved around a little bit. I don't know, it was fine. It was nice to have like a bunch of golf. I mean, we got like so many extra stuff this year, so that was fun. John Rom, who won the U.S. Open last major out, is the uh, odds-on favorite by quite a bit, actually. Heading into this British Open, so what do you think of Rom as the favorite? Yeah, I mean, he's, he should be the betting favorite. I don't. I think it's hard to kind of go back to back, you know. So I don't know if uh, he'll do it, but I think you know you, you got to have him uh, have him be the betting favorite. But to, he's so far ahead of Brooks Kepka, who's second. So I, there's just other guys I like other, other over Rom as far as value wise. Tell me more. Why Why do you like Kepka? First of all, I guess I should I should answer my own question. What What course is this being played at? 
Oh, uh, Royal St. George, right? Yep, Royal St. George. That's right. Um, so obviously, uh, links style open. Um, it's always just different golf, right? And so, like, usually, right, so that's why I'm, I'm curious about maybe why you like Kepka because to me, some of the some of the favorites in this. I mean, the, the three betting favorites. I guess three of the of the five main favorites are John Ron Brooks, Kepka, Dustin Johnson. I don't know really know. None of those guys really seem like British Open well, style no, Ke- golfers. Kepka is. Kepka actually started his career over there before oh, really? he moved. Yeah, so he's got more experience at the Open, and he's actually played well um, in the in the Open. Um, it, it really like it's not like American courses. Like you're not just like bombing it through the air and you know spraying it wherever. Like you got to be a little bit more um, creative, a little bit more tactical because um, the ball. Like a lot of times, like just hitting, especially like around the greens and stuff. It's it's who can kind of you know be creative with their shots because a lot of times, like sometimes you're just hitting the ball lower and using the contours of the course rather than just like flying it through the air because you you can fly it through the air and it just depends on where it lands on a ridge. Like it could land in one spot and go forty yards one way or go forty yards totally the other way, and kind of that's hard to control. That's why like a guy like. DeChambeau has always kind of struggled in this kind of event because you can't just bomb it because the ball could just roll so many different ways. There's one tree on the course. That's kind of fun fact. Um, so, <laughs> that is a good one. Um, but usually, yeah, usually you kind of look to, um, you know, your, also, your Europeans too because they just, sure. you know, they're used to that style of play. Kepka also has the, the well, if he, if he can reassume his best form, he has the mentality part down, too. Oh, I mean, when he's not injured, like he's always awesome in majors. So much of, of the British Open and the U.S. Open particularly is just about not getting pissed. <laughs> like, when when you get the when you do get a, a double or a triple bogey... It's being able to fight, grind through fight it. Fight through it, not yeah. let it grind you to dust. We've seen even some of the best golfers in the world go out and shoot, like, high 70s, low 80s sometimes when they get in that bad mindset. So, uh, so, so I mean, final answer, who are you taking? Are you taking Kepka? I think that yeah, I would go with Kepka as my favorite. I kind of, like some of the other names that I kind of like. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, yeah. um, always solid. I like Victor Hovland. Um, I think he's really good and gonna he's gonna win one of these soon. Um, some guys like lower down the board that I like. Uh, I think Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler is is a solid play for a couple Americans. Answer, I think he's a solid player that I think could do uh, well in this thing. I would say like. You know, for those that are trying to, to bet golf, because it's kind of like an interesting thing to bet. You it's know, it's a fun thing to bet. I love um, it. it is, but like, so come up with it. Whatever money that you want to place on this um, event that you're comfortable with losing. You know, for me, it's like oh, not as going to be as much as other people. Um, but if you let's say you're like, oh yeah, I'm comfortable throwing a hundred bucks at this thing, and if I lose it all, fine. It was entertainment to watch. Out of that hundred, if you're if you're only playing on on winners, you know, save some of that. For later on in the tournament, because and and use you know sixty bucks of that to sprinkle on a few different guys because the odds are so high that you could sprinkle a bunch on you know pick like maybe like your five favorites you know and you could sprinkle it out a little bit and then and then later on use some. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom. Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. 
Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 